Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable views. It's a fun place to golf. It's a different atmosphere. It's a really nice course and it's fast greens. They have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows. They got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole, whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado. I think you can see the mountains, you see the golf course. You know, kind of like Cheers. Everybody knows your name and your handicap. That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls or check them out online at raccooncreek.com. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Joining me out from Anaheim or nearabouts is AJ Hayfley. AJ, game two is in the books. It very much did not go the way the Avs had hoped. But also, given the roster they put out there, a lot of camp invites, maybe not the biggest surprise in the world. I talked to uh, I talked to one one person in the organization today, and their response was to shrug and say, "Try out, guys." You know, yeah. So that's that's mostly what I took from it too. Yeah. I, I didn't really care about the scoreboard. I, I was looking at individual players and what they were. Yeah, doing. I you know I I was like, oh, you you mean to tell me that. Jared Anderson, Dolan, and Rasmus Kapari, and Akil Thomas, and you know, like this this loaded forward lineup, stacked prospect yeah, group that, that they put out yeah. there is you know was a was a better you know had a better showing than the tryout heavy group that the Evs rolled out. Like like Felix Lazon was on, uh, like the top PPN, for example, and it was like ah, so they. In the span of a day, they went from a power play one unit that had five guys who could all reasonably have long NHL careers to putting an uh, an ATO on there. Right. It was pretty stark contrast, to say the least, particularly on that power play, which went 0 for 7 in the game. Including not scoring on a 5 on 3. 
yeah. So it wasn't exactly the best hockey, to, to say the least. But I do still think there were some positives to take. Alex Bocage got the Avs one and only goal. Good to see him get on the board, given that that's supposed to be his thing. Hey, 24 hours later, and I still haven't seen it. Really? Yep. Nice. Yeah, it was it was a good goal. Uh, he managed to create some space for himself from down deep in the zone. A nice little move to get room to fire a puck off and, and a very good shot, which we know he has. But well, and That's what he does, though, man. Uh, right. I saw it in, in game one, and it was something we talked about him in dev camp was uh, he can maneuver the puck in tight spaces to exactly. get the shot off. Yep. He's got such a good shot. He can do it from different angles, different release points. Uh, you know, forehand, backhand. I haven't. I don't think I've seen him take a slap shot yet. So, don't have any opinion on that. But we've seen, we've seen that he's got really quick hands in tight, and he can stick handle really effectively in in uh, competitive spaces on the ice in order to free himself up to shoot the puck. And you know, again, I haven't seen the goal. I was uh, a little occupied at the time. Um, talking uh talking to to PR about injuries and something exciting that you and I are going to be working on in the next few weeks but um I have not so I didn't I haven't actually gotten to see it but I mean the way you describe it it's it's the same thing that we've seen him do over and over yeah that was the finish to the goal it also nice to see he ended up with momentum going into the corner and and kind of did a nice power move to get the edge on the first defender to get around him before creating space against the second guy. So I like the power move because that's kind of the game he's going to need to play. He is going to have to create for himself a little bit to be able to produce. Yeah, he really is. Um, that's, that's one of the questions is can, can he, can his game develop offensively to the point where he's able to consistently uh, get that shot off and, 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 make use of it right. because being a great shooter doesn't do much. If you're not able to create for yourself, if you have to rely on teammates or a power play uh, in order to, to get open looks, then, you know, you're not going to be overly effective. It's, it's, you know, he's the minor league version of what we're talking about in, at the NHL level this year with Andre Burakovsky, you know, yeah, can, exactly. can the all around game, can he step it up? in a situation to take full advantage of his shooting ability. You know, Bocage needs to continue to develop that game. And I talked to him a little bit about it today. And, you know, he's he's very motivated to uh, continue working on that. He, he said that he spent all summer uh, working with a, a skating coach and working on his power skating and trying to get – trying to add more explosion and more power to his game because that's where he feels he's going to be – uh, able to find like carve out a niche in uh, in in the Avs roster in in his career, you know, down the road. That's his skating obviously needs to get better, but he says that adding the power specifically was something that he wanted to do uh, because uh, that's that's where he felt like you know he's not going to ever be like a fast skater. So if he can be uh, hard to knock off the puck, you know, and and be sturdy on the skates and be a powerful guy, then add that with the, the element of his shot. And, you know, you have, you have yourself a pretty effective NHL forward. 
Exactly. And and it's always nice to see, especially with a young kid. I think he's maybe one of the youngest in the organization right yes. now. When when they are aware of kind of their faults and they understand what they have to work on, that can go a long way. It it was definitely uh, I you know I kind of asked him you know what's your biggest takeaway from this experience out here you know and in part of an NHL organization you're playing guys who are all older than you uh, it's it's faster it's more physical it's a tougher it's a tougher environment than the queue what's your biggest takeaway and he just said the talent level you know not only on obviously on his team but around him on the other side uh, it's everybody is so good. You know, you can't just take advantage of guys who, you know, oh, well, this guy's, you know, everybody's a point per game player coming from their league. You know, you, you've got tryout guys on the Avs team who last year who had 80 points in 65 games. Yep. You know, so these guys, these guys are all guys who have found high levels of success in whatever junior league they're playing in. And that's what he said is that he's, you know, the talent is just, you've got to be ready to, you've got to be ready to go every day. Uh, and that was that was something Luca Burzon uh, reiterated to me. I talked to him as well, and he said the number one thing that he has learned is that he, you have to be ready every single shift. You can't, you know. He said in in junior games sometimes you can not necessarily coast, but you can get away with having a shift or two here and there where you just don't do a lot. And it's not a big deal. But if you have a shift like that in this kind of environment, uh, you could end up on the wrong end of a highlight and coaches notice that. You can't take any time. You have to be ready to go all out every single shift uh, and understand how to be effective and how to play every single time you touch the ice. Yeah, it's just the reality of. As you said, when everyone's the best guy out of their league, you know, some of the, the camp invites for the Avs got exposed in this game. Mm-hmm. Despite being such a quality player at the level below, it's extremely cutthroat. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Bryce Kindop, you know, who's a point-per-game guy in the WHL last year and uh, showed up and played in yesterday's game and, you know, was on the power play and got a hey, you know, hey, he finished with a couple of shots on goal. Uh, didn't, you know, wasn't on the ice for any of the goals again. So, Hey, that's, that's great. But you know, this was, this was a dude that just, you know, really ultra productive player in junior. And then takes even, I mean, this isn't like a huge step up either. This is just a lot of, it's just like a collection of all the best junior players for the most part, you know? Right. And, and it, he just didn't, did not uh, just totally disappeared, and that it it just goes to show you. I mean, it's it's so hard to make even that little jump up from you know from junior to just the rookie face off these these prospect showcases. This might seem like a stretch, but in some ways, it's like moving up to a new tax bracket. Nice. And there's a new alternative in Colorado for addressing nice. your tax needs. Symbiotax, an administrative, provides honest and knowledgeable tax services by a licensed professional for small businesses and 
busy families in Colorado. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and the guys over at Symbio are a proud BSN subscriber and diehard Colorado sports fans. So it's even more of a reason not to go to one of these retail tax chains. You'll receive a free consultation so that you can make an informed decision based on your particular situation. Symbio has literally saved people tens of thousands of dollars with their expertise. Reach out to Symbio, Symbio, I might be saying their name wrong, sorry if I did, today for your free consultation from a qualified tax professional and make an informed decision. Call 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O tax.com. Okay, so I do want to continue talking about the forwards. Igor Shvirev, a bit of a weird game. I thought he was one of the best players on the ice for the Avs, but then also just completely one of the worst plays of the game as well. I mean, when we talk about Jake Gardner, this is kind of it, right? Yep. Like a guy that, you know, makes 10 plays that you remember during a game, and one of them is just god-awful. Why I liked his his game so much was because he was doing all of the things that are expected out of him, particularly I think his passing. This is the most creative I've seen him in a game in North America. He was doing things like spin passes. He was showing good vision, mm-hmm. finding his teammates and things like that. A lot of the time the plays weren't quite connecting. He was playing with people that he doesn't even really know. Still not sure exactly where his English ability is at as well, but just the fact that he's attempting that. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I had a very, very brief, broken conversation with him today um, in which I wished him luck in continuing to learn English and did tell him, hey, he's getting there. Yeah. And his teammates were very uh, – he, he had a uh, brief conversation uh, with Kindop. And it, it was kind of funny because poor Igor, he's trying, man. But it's not it's not quite there yet. Right. It takes it takes a long time to learn a language, I'm sure. It's not an easy yeah, it's thing. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So the thing is they have Igor playing on the wing, at least on the, the lineup card. How odd has it been? Because he has been on the wing. That's where he's been on the ice, and it's just why? Right. He's like he really wants someone distributing the puck like that through the center of the ice. Right. But, Swap him and Sajin. Yeah, it's not hard. Sajin's going to be a shooter anyway. Right. So, And you don't want you don't want his skating um, down the middle of the ice. I would rather yeah. I would rather him yeah. kind of do like with what Bokaj is doing, where try to bulk up a little bit and, you know, develop a more power element to the game and, you know, make your money living in front, battling hard and banging pucks home. Right. At very least, have that ability to find the soft spots in the ice. You don't want him being your main puck carrier type. Right. You don't want him. You don't want him distributing. Yep. And that's where that's where uh, Shvirov is, is where you really like his skill level. You like him as a distributor. You like him as a as a guy that that creates offense. Uh, And I'd like to see him driving down the middle. I have really liked I've written about this, talked about this a couple times already. I've really, really liked the physicality, though. Uh, he's taking hits to make plays, and we see, yeah, you know, you always wonder 
with kids coming out of Russia, especially, there's always that stigma, right? Uh, yep. Russian kids don't like to get hit. And he's been taking hits to make little plays up and down the ice. Offensive, defensive, neutral zone hasn't mattered. He's been willing to do it. And I've been really impressed uh, with the heart that he's played with, you know, that the the desire willing to <laughs> willing to go out and get rocked in a rookie showcase game. That's it's not nothing. Certainly not. And it's good to know that he understands where he needs to be as well. Kind of interesting with that stigma. And then the abs have Igor doing that now, as well as Kovalenko, who his whole game revolves around doing things like that. So maybe bucking the trend a little bit, but yeah, um, you can't make that big mistake though. You know, we are, we're, you know, kind of loving on him, but you can't turn that puck over. Not like that. Yeah. Uh, right. That, and just to completely give up on the play yeah. on the goal against. And well, that, I mean, that was defensively. They were so checked out yesterday. They were not. They were not doing. They weren't working hard to do all the little things. Uh, they weren't. They, it was very individual play. They were not working hard as a group. Uh, no common goal. It was very much. I'm going to do this, and then, okay, well, now I'm in trouble. So I'm going to bail myself out and give this guy a grenade in his feet. And good luck to that guy. You know, it was it was very very selfish defensive play, and they got burned for it. And we will get more into that defensive trouble for the abs in this game in the second segments. And I can assure you that it made me want to drink. So it's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. By now, I'm sure you've heard us talk about a number of their beers. The new one I just picked up last weekend, they now have their autumn lager out, their their seasonal fall beer. So tried that one. If you like dark beers, I would recommend it. It's definitely more on the darker side. I enjoyed it watching football over the weekend, so it works for me. They also do still have the Strawberry Sky out there, of course, which many of you already love. If you're looking for a lighter beer, the opposite of the Autumn Lager that they have, this is a lighthearted Kolsch Ale for you to pick up. There's about, what, two weeks left of summer now, so get it in while you still can. You can find it at your local liquor store or at least somewhere nearby if you are in the Colorado area or any other Breckenridge beer for that matter. And make sure to keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We're going to have abs games, watch parties scheduled there. I know we'll have Nuggets and Broncos things on there as well, so we'll have it all for you. Make sure to RSVP and come out and have a good time with us. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ talking about the Avs' second game of the rookie tournament. There were some positives on the offense as we started to get into. The defense was, for the most part, pretty ugly. The only real Avalanche prospect in the game was Owen Byram. You know, I thought he was solid. I didn't have any complaints about his game, but he certainly didn't make the big splash that he did in game one. He was okay. Yeah. I, you know, I it was a good example that his talent isn't like so overwhelming that he can just go out there and lay waste to a game like this. Right. Uh, without, without any help, you know, he's not such a singular talent. Yeah. He can't he's, put the whole defense on his back. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you look at the big plays that he made, 
in in the first game that got all of us excited, almost all of them were in combination with another top prospect. Exactly, whether it be Connor Timmons, Nick Henry, or whoever, Cout. Or, yeah, or Cout going through the middle of the ice. You know, it, it was all... And to me, that's telling, you know, that he's a guy where, okay, well, if he's going to step his game up when he's playing with those guys, what does it look like when he's playing with NHL guys? Because if there's another level there, that's really exciting. But this was a good reminder. Hey, one, he's still just a kid. Yep. And two, uh, you know, this is this is a dude that is not so dominant that he goes out into a game like this and and just makes everybody look bad. Yeah, well, if he did that, I think you're uh you're starting to put him in pen in the roster at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I talked to some people today about kind of where they felt that was going and it was hey, game 1 looked good, but game 2 is why another year. Yeah. Could really help him cuz you you smooth out that consistency. And I think the both of us have, have really been in that boat from the beginning for the most mm-hmm. part. So. Yeah, really. I, I mean, really, absolutely. If 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 the Abs had a different uh, situation along their blue line with their depth and all that, I'd feel differently. But um, they have the luxury of being able to send him back and do that and not feel the pressure to get him in there right away to compete. Uh, they just don't have to, so they should take that luxury and probably um, – Probably give it a long look, but of course, you know, two days ago I was like, screw it. Opening night, Byram and Timmons do it. So, you know, we'll see how they go in the preseason. But this was this was a good reminder to to kind of balance out the the hype train a little bit. Yeah. And the rest of the Avs decor for this game was all either AHL contracts or uh, ATOs. So. Not a ton of impact on the abs themselves, really, despite the struggles that that was had on the back end throughout this game. Yeah, I, Kevin Davis exposed pretty yeah. badly, I thought. Um, yeah, the you defensive know, we always, side was rough. We always talk about Davis as an intriguing PMD, uh, you know, a guy that distributes really well and racks up points everywhere he goes. Um, but you always know with a guy like that, like the the classic, okay, well, something must be wrong with him defensively this is the game that you throw on and you're just like, okay, got it. He's basically AHL Tyson Berry when Tyson Berry was younger. Right. 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 It it was, let's call it disappointing. Sure. Um, Just because you would love to see him step up and really like, Hey, maybe this is, maybe this is a guy we're talking about an AHL deal for, but I think this was a good, another good reminder here for him that, that, lot of work left to do yeah and you know i don't i don't want to get too down on individual guys but of course there were there were a couple uh, of those defensemen who really struggled yeah really want to burn that game tape yep there was a lot of trouble with the abs getting out of their own zone and and even yeah. maintaining possession there was a lot of losing puck battles and then unable to clear pucks. You could tell that the uh, raw skill level from day one to day two had been dropped throughout the lineup. It wasn't just, you know, Kout and and Burzan, you know, swapping places in your top line has one different guy. I mean, you're throughout the lineup. They, 
you know, took some hits there, you know, losing guys like O'Connor and Lewis and boy, that it was, it, they really showed, you know, and some of these ATOs, you know, a guy like Barlogi is a really, really intriguing young player. Uh, one who was drafted really highly in the WHL and you're just, you're hoping that he finds his feet literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it didn't happen yesterday at all. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think, especially for the Eagles, there are some positives you can take about this. When you look at Cout, Logan O'Connor, and Ty Lewis, those three specifically not in the lineup, and you compare that to game one, the Avs' forecheck in that game one was impressive with those three in, and they really made a big difference on driving that possession and things like that. Yeah, and then you look at other Eagles players. You know, Nick Henry and Brandon Sajan, Shane Bowers are all going to be on that team. Yep. Um, you know, Shvirev will be on that team. And, uh, boy, I mean, just – and then you add in the guys that you named, that's the making of a very, very solid forward group. Exactly. And then on top of that, you had the Vets, Magna, Magna and Tynan that we've talked about in the past, Contra yeah. as well. I mean, Con- Contra and AJ Greer toss him yep. into that. You know, if if uh, they send down a, a Nachushkin or a Kamenev, you know, then a really strong AHL lineup. Well, as, as much as I would be like, see, this is the problem. Uh, regardless, like if that guy shows up and reports to the Eagles, uh, talent-wise, you should be really, really set there. Yeah, you're saying go try and win a Calder Cup at that point. You certainly, you want to win a round in the postseason, you know, especially because your defense, uh, you know, guys like Malosh and Timbins and uh, you know, solid AHL vets, guys like Daniel Renouf and uh, Mark Alt and McDonald you know, as well. Yeah, McDonald's the guy that I always forget about. <laughs> um, yeah, like they've they've really invested in in the Eagles this year, being a solid team, and we've seen we've seen it in the two games so far. A lot of those guys that are ticketed for that club uh, definitely look like they belong. You know, and Kevin Davis is a guy that you know, could find himself on that roster. He's on an AHL deal and, you know, a couple of injuries here or there, even at the NHL level, you know, you start calling some guys up and next thing you know, Kevin Davis is down there distributing pucks left and right again. Yeah, exactly. It's as we've said many, many times over the off season, too much depth is certainly better than not enough. Definitely. And you know, for, for all the tryout guys, uh, I will say I really did like what I saw out of Felix Lazon. He uh, he had a couple of moments to me that stood out. And I think that was kind of the expectation going in with him being given the opportunity playing in the top six and things like that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, he He's a stocky guy, too. When you see him in yeah. the locker room, I was I was a little bit surprised. I was expecting a, a slider build individual, and he uh, he's a little stockier, and that's that's he's gonna need it because he's not real big. I do want to talk about Trent Miner. It's hard to take things away from this, as we've said, Poor especially guy. when the defense looks like it did in this game. I, I about half the goals that went in on him, he just never ever had a chance to even see. But there were a couple of softies in there too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wrote I wrote in my observations last night after the game that I think that there were probably um, two or three of those that he'd like to have another shot at. You know, a couple of them, what are you going to do? You know, right. they make a perfect passing play to the back door and your defense totally leaves you hanging and you can't do anything about that. Uh, but he he definitely gave up a couple where you're just like, Oof. yikes, when you can't close the five hole on a little almost flub shot from the, the slot. Yeah, that was definitely that that was one where it just looked like he just did not read the puck. Right. Even a little bit. Yep. It was in before he knew. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that was just a didn't see it or was ex- was expecting something else. I don't I'm not sure what that was, but that was definitely one where you were like, oh, that does not look good on video." Right. It was not great, but he gets he does get a decent amount of a pass given the defense and he did face 38 shots, so he he had quite a quite a workload, but compared to Ingham for uh LA who Definitely a higher touted prospect, but Ingham looked fantastic. So was very good yesterday. Given yep. that props, he was very good. I yep. was quite impressed with his game. Yeah, so was I. Hit Avs probably could have had a couple couple more goals. I don't think they win this game in most universes, but it could have been a competition at least. Since instead of falling apart in the second and third periods, like it ended up. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well. I guess we'll go ahead and get out of here as far as game two is concerned. We'll be back in a minute for the final segment and kind of our expectations and and hopes for game three as far as some of the Avs prospects. But first, I got to tell you about a fantastic deal coming from Total Beverage. They're offering 30, that's right, 30% off for the BSN fam if you purchase $25 or more. You can use code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Again, that's 30% off your purchase of $25 or more, and better yet, you don't even have to leave the comfort of your own home because you can get it delivered. Cheers. Third and final segment of this Monday BSN Avalanche podcast, the Avs are 1-1 one and one in the rookie tournaments, and they play their final game tomorrow pretty early in the morning. I think it's 11 a.m. Mountain, or is it 11 a.m. Pacific? I forget. Uh, Pacific. Yeah, 11 a.m. Pacific. Pacific. Okay, so noon, noon Mountain, right in the middle of the workday, basically. <laughs> Got me thinking about it. I was like, huh, is it 11 a.m.? <laughs> But it's expected. We know a couple of things. It sounds like Connor Timmons will play. Almost certainly Adam Warner will be in goal. So there will yep. be plenty of things to watch here. You might expect maybe Martin Cout gets back in for a second game, something like that. Uh, he will get in that lineup as well. He's there supposed to get into that lineup as well. AJ's um, got all the deets. Uh, and then I think they were they were still deciding if they wanted Bowers to get a third game. Gotcha. Yeah. So kind of what are your expectations here? They're playing the the Coyotes farm system for the game. Definitely not anywhere near 
what LA had, but but still a decent put together team. Yeah, you'd like to see Bowers go head to head against Barrett Hayden the same way he went head to head against Cody Glass. Yep. And you'd like to see a similar result where he just chews him up. <laughs> I would be happy with that for sure. It's they're gonna have Cout probably as the main guy with him back in the lineup. He's someone I would like to see a little bit more from individually. He did have a good game one. He was solid in that trio on the top line, but before the tournament, we were asking him to stand out and look a cut above by himself. So that's something that I'll be looking for. Yeah. Separation would be nice there. Yep. You know, a guy that just hands down, this is a beast, right? You know, the especially kids aren't going to be able to stop him anymore. These guys, these guys have two days off before they go into training camp. And I, I talked to a couple of the guys today off the record about, you know, hey, is that on their mind? It definitely is. This is this is their last. They've got one more opportunity against their peer group, and then they're facing the realistic possibility of cuts being let go, being moved on from, and you know, some of these ATO guys may never get another shot. Right. So tomorrow's game matters to those kids. Yeah, of course. And, and it should. You got to try and make a mark when you can, because the cuts come quick, too. You know, we're talking Labs usually make their first cuts immediately after their first preseason game. So that's two weeks away, less. Yeah. So clock's ticking. Get yep. it in while you can, for sure. Well, and, and you have you add in, you know, it's not even just the NHL guys that you add in. It's all the other AHL guys that get thrown into this mix at the end of the week. And, <laughs> you know, that's it's an uphill battle for some of these cats. And even a guy like Martin Kaut, you know, he's we, we want to see him separate. We want to see him go beast mode. But he even he has quite an uphill battle in front of him uh, to he's got bodies to climb over simply put you're staring at this line of of Cout Bowers and Henry and and I've said I would love for it to be the Eagles first line mm-hmm. we both want them to stay together yeah. but the reality is there are those vets the Magnus and Tynans and AJ Greer who had a fantastic year in the AHL last year that deserve perhaps that top line with the Eagles and then they're pushed down to the second line and there's other bodies as well. All of a sudden, some of these guys are falling down to the third line if they're not showing well. And now you're start getting into trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, they're going to have a hard time putting, uh, putting these dudes into positions anyway. You know, the, the, the depth guys, you know, if Logan O'Connor doesn't make the team, where is he going to fit? You know, because out out here he fits perfectly on a second line on the right wing. Uh, you feel comfortable with him there, right? But if he doesn't, if he doesn't make the abs, you know, where is he? Where is he fitting? Right. It's it's definitely a, a jigsaw puzzle to fit all of the prospects in the AHL, and that's where a, a lot of our concern has come in this off season. Yep. That's that. Well, and that was. That was really the number one driving force of annoyance behind the Nichushkin thing. Was right. you were already out of space. You were already looking to to drop somebody in the ECHL that you don't want to. 
And now you've more or less guaranteed that. And instead of just doing it on defense, now you've done it at forward as well. And that's not like the ECHL is just not a good enough league to be considered a consistent development league where you really want guys going down there. Uh, and they've they've done it regularly the last couple of years. Uh, and that's that's something I either the ECHL needs to get a lot better as a whole uh, or they need to start to have proving that this method that they've that they've started to, to turn to is is effective, that they're getting something right. positive out of it. Uh, otherwise, they've got to figure out, hey, the, we're we're putting too many guys in positions that uh, are not allowing them. We're not we're not empowering their growth. We're stunting it uh, by just having a couple too many of the same types of guys. So too many redundant skill sets. It, it, so far, it hasn't worked, and the sample size is pretty small. And yes, you can say some of these players maybe they just weren't good enough. But Julian Nantel now on an AHL deal, not on a deal with the Avs. J.C. Bodan went to the East, the mm-hmm. AHL for most of his first year, traded out of the organization. Now there's nothing left. It was for Max McCormick, mm-hmm. who's no longer part of the org. Now you have Travis Barron, who is the next one kind of on this list, who struggled in his AHL time for a lot of the season. Yeah, and I mean, two years ECHL. ago, Nicholas Melosh, so, you know, last, last year, uh, Ty Lewis. Yep. So, you know, like, are yep. just where do you view these guys? You know, and the fear is that Nick Henry ends up down there for an extended period of time, too. And we've seen at this at this showcase, he don't belong there. Definitely yeah, not definitely. from what he's done here. And yeah, right. That's what you want to avoid. One spot where this isn't a concern goaltending this will be the first look at adam werner for the season he is Mm -hmm. the third abs goalie on a contract and at this point they're going into the season like this he's gonna be that third goalie as far as nhl contracts are concerned yeah as far as we know right now he that's this is the plan he's the plan um you know we'll see how it goes i'm hoping for the best i i really you know when it comes to goalies i i try to abstain just because i don't know of course it's I, if he gets blown up tomorrow, though, is that a little bit of a panic moment? Yes, a, a little. Yeah, you know, it depends. Does the defense play like it did yesterday? Right. Because if it if it does, then there's a caveat there that we can we can kind of talk ourselves into. Um, but you don't want to see the softies that got by minor. Right. You want to you want to see he's a big guy. You want to see him play to his size and play to that potential. And you know he's a he's a guy that you know maybe maybe could be a backup for them in a in a year or two, three years down the road. You want to you want to see this go well. Would you even consider or maybe even definitely give him a preseason game as well, or at least half and half of a preseason game, whatever? Hundred percent. I'd give him. I'd give him and Francis the road game in, in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, two weeks from, you know, in two weeks. That's sure. Do that. Veterans I mean, hate traveling for preseason sense, right? games. So <laughs> let Gruby sit at home for that one. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely. I mean, <laughs> I I would give Warner maybe even an entire preseason game. You would think so, given the fact that he's the guy that's getting called up if someone gets hurt. Absolutely. So. Cannot be. Cannot be. Uh, 
shy about using him when he you're apparently relying on him to be your third guy. It does just make sense, if you're asking me at least. A couple of other odds and ends. This was the second game. You mentioned Burzan and Sajin. They also had uh, Sasha Mutala in there for his second game of the tournament. Mm-hmm. He's another kid who, who really kind of struggled, to be honest. Um. Yeah, and you know we've I've really tried to refrain from too much criticism in in a turn in of a course. setting like this, but um, I really uh, I'm hoping for a lot more from him. Yeah, I agree. I I think he does have a lot more to give. Oh yeah, as you said, in super big grain of salt through this whole thing. Mutala scored a hat trick in a whl preseason game before he left to come to this thing yeah. so it's new environment for all these kids they're thrown together for one day and it's definitely not gonna be a, a complete showing of of their skill sets uh yeah yeah it's <laughs> um some of these guys, you know, you you feel I feel for for a guy like Matala too because he's been buried on that fourth line uh, right, and, he has not had the opportunity. Right, but then this is this is almost like the exact same thing we do with AJ Rear all the time. You know, is it opportunity? Well, he didn't play very well with what he was given, so you can't give him more. So on, you so get forth. stuck in the loop. Yep. <laughs> where where does development uh, end and playing begin? And you know all these all these conversations that we've had a thousand times. So, um, it's. It's a difficult uh, experience for Rotala, but you know he'll be back next year. He was, he just got drafted. You're not you know he's got at least one more of these in him, and you hope that he goes and has a great WHL year, and you know comes back next season motivated and takes over this whole showcase. Exactly. For the younger kids, him and uh, Bocage as well, that will b- certainly be back next year. Yeah. There's going to be next time, unlike a lot of the other invites and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it'll be the last time that we see them uh, attached to a roster anywhere. Right. So I guess kind of final thoughts on the Rookie Showcase so far or, or expectations, what you want to see coming up on Tuesday. Want to see want to see Cout have a really strong game again. Um, I want to see Adam Warner play well, and I want to see Connor Timmons. What what happens in game two? You know, there was all the attention on, oh, he's coming back. He's playing his first game. All right, well, what happens in his second game? Right. Anyone can do it for one game, even if it is your first game back. What happens when you ask, them to ask him to do it consistently? Yep, because if he's, if he's going to make my hot take a little less hot, you know, and, and play 50 NHL yeah, games this year. He's got to, he's got to <laughs> right. play well here. You know, he's got to build his case one stepping stone at a time. You can't blow opportunities. So, all right, I guess there you have it. Three things to watch for tomorrow. If you do happen to sneak away from work or, or pull it up on your side monitor or something to watch the game. Yeah, that's going to do it for us. If you can't watch the game, we of course will have you covered with videos, audio, written pieces, you name it. We're on top of it for you. This podcast will be back again tomorrow as well. So thank you for listening and we will talk to you then. 
In need of a top dog electrician, for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call.